just the black guy always dies. Think about it, man. Unforgiven, uh, Alien, Rocky IV, The Shining. Star Trek II, Forrest Gump, Witness, Annie Hall. Night of Living Dead. That's the one. And what about that brother in Jurassic Park, man? Oh, that was cool. There was two black guys who died in that one. That was a twofer. You must be really pissed off at that one. <laughs> Run, bitch! Run! What up, Ken Folk? It's your girl, Tara B. And it's your cousin, Wissis. And this is another episode of Run, Bitch, Run, where we talk about hard everything from a Black perspective. And we're going to talk about the trope that we hate the most. Most Black yeah. hard people hate this trope the most. We're talking about the death to the Black guy black, die first. Uh, yeah. That, it, that, it's, uh, it's high time <laughs> and it's about time that we start living in horror movies. I love it. I love seeing it. And I don't want to ever go back. So let's talk about a brief little history of how that even came to be. For those who don't know, all those universal movies that came out in the 1920s, 1930s, so you know those monsters that, you know, Frankenstein and werewolf, Wereman, yeah. and all that, all that, all them. Even King Kong. Even King Kong. That was us or others, people of color. So that stood in the place of us and then years later down the line they were like oh well we can just forgo this monkey shit this this monster shit and just put real black people in here and just murder them off on screen and murder them first because they dumb and stupid and they don't know what the fuck they doing right like it really changed i feel like it really changed a lot with black exploitation films as well because we were doing a lot of the killing a lot of yep. the stuff that was going on but i think it really it really focused and it showed like the white supremacy like the the privilege it was for them to make their own movies and just to put us on the back burner you know not to unwittingly because i feel like some a lot of those movies unwittingly did that but subconsciously was layered in the white supremacy, like King Kong, you know, right. a gigantic ape coming from another country to take our white women. Like it was really showing, it was really telling. And then it just melded over into the 70s and the 80s in a lot of our favorite horror classics, like had characters who just died like five minutes into watching them like you fall in love with them because you see something on the screen that looks like you and then they just, just go, go like, in like five minutes instantly and it's it's just it really just irked my nerves because that's the first thing you know growing up watching horror movies you want to see somebody like you because all you see is these preppy white blood people and then you see this magnificent ebony person on screen right. and you're like yay yay Bert <laughs> <laughs> and then you're like but but be honest like from my experience and I'm pretty sure like your experience too like coming from where we come from like in Atlanta like blackness and black people was everywhere so like just seeing it on screen and a lot of the times like seeing them in these environments where you know, like many of us have a different experience in a black diaspora. Like, like you have those people and that gave, you know, me another viewpoint too. Like you have those people who are the quote unquote tokens who right. in these situations are surrounded by white people are in these environments where they are necessarily, I will say, equipped with the, the know-how of how to survive it, like it's really is crazy because they're like even as a kid like you could see it and i say that only based on our experience was like i'm sorry guys i'm from the hood like i know <laughs> like <laughs> you know if a certain random door is just open you don't go through it like you i know like, it at all. Like but you know it was eye-opening growing up to see like a lot of these characters in these movies be in these environments and how they react so really it just gives like that extra oomph to it when they actually come through and win at the end it's like yes like it's almost like a like a a, a metaphor for us making it out <laughs> like right like like we made it through the horrors all whilst 
being like the number one target out here that that's one thing i definitely get and want to see more of like and i believe we and, and i feel like we have i feel like we have and over the years like it's been more transparent like starting out like how you said we had the frankenstein films and we had those basically subtle subtle hints at you know how they feel about us but like seeing other movies like i remember the thing like seeing keeps david's character in the thing yep. and just like how he was the black guy in the film but like he exerted power like that whole time like it was just like like no like even if he got killed like you never felt like he was going to be like the first person to get killed because of how he carried himself like in other films you have other people who is just like damn you know you're getting served up but like I, I feel like they're leaning more towards giving us those especially with people like Jordan Peele out here like Jordan Peele is like in the framework of like this podcast and what we represent like he's like God like he's like He's Jesus he's up there, girl. like upper <laughs> like, echelon of black horror directors. And I'm glad you mentioned him because that's what I was about to say. Like just seeing black people, black characters survive their horror movie experience is it's a little bit how we survive the black perspective or just the black life living in a world that doesn't necessarily like us it doesn't care for us get out is a prime example of that i went to watch get out the night it came out i was living in murfreesboro tennessee which is a town that is mostly white so Mm. it was about three black people in a packed room full of white folks and the reactions (laughs) my greatest fear (laughs) right right like just shook but i was like these people are really not gonna get it but they got it and at the end of the movie, when we left, there was a white guy behind me and he was just like, is this really how the black experience was? And I turned around and I'm like, yeah, you, you got just a little bit of taste of that. But that's how we live our life from beginning to fucking end. And they were all just like shook. And I was like, I'm so happy for this man. This man got to make these people see what the fuck we go through and put it in such a way for them to understand and not get caught up in that. So it, it trips me out when I'm in Bloody Disgusting. You're in Bloody Disgusting, right, Wes? Yes. Uh, and, bloody, and, and, yeah. And, I mean, and shout out to them, but not shout, shout out, out to them, them. But <laughs> not shout out to that group because they group got some issues. Every time a Jordan Peele or any other black director comes out with a horror movie, all the racists. It's the worst thing and, ever. And, and then they like that. You're, you're woke and it's woke, woke, woke. And I have to remind them like horror movies are woke. Horror movies always been woke. And they'll argue. With <laughs> you me. just I'm weren't just woke like, enough to see it. <laughs> like, I'm like, so you don't remember uh, Night of the Living Dead? That whole movie was woke. Whole really? movie was woke. And he made it that way. Like, so to sit up here and, and say that about a black director that's making black movies and you're talking about the black perspective, but you're forgetting that horror is literally built on that. It's right. ridiculous. Um, but yeah, uh, you mentioned the thing, Child's I mean, Keith David commanded it's and came a, a on a legend screen. for one. <laughs> just, just, just period. Everything he does is just authority. Just that's yeah. the energy he gives. And in this movie, I mean, he didn't die necessarily, but he's not. I mean, I really like. I mean, I kind of, kind of can't count. We can count him, but we kind of can't count him because, like, ultimately, um, like, we know because, like, I, I don't think nobody came to save their ass. But like, I, I mean, <laughs> spoilers. He, like, he, he, he I don't dead. think nobody saved them. But <laughs> he did, but he the thing. So yeah. right. So I, mean, I, I guess shout out, shout out to Keith David for holding it down. But so let's talk about some characters that do qualify. Okay. Well, before I move on to that, let's let's give one another shout out to old boy from Jason Does Manhattan. Um, <laughs> yes. Like I, 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 like he really tried. He's trying to square right. Away. Just for <laughs> just an honorable mention. Just just because it did my soul so good to just see him like square up. 
give Jason like a good three piece. I mean, of course he got his head knocked off, but like, but it, it just felt good. It felt good. Right. <laughs> it felt real good to see that. But um, my first experience of seeing a black character survive was Kincaid. Ronald Kincaid, Kincaid. the God. Yes. yes. Ronald um, Kincaid. From Nightmare on M Street 3, Dream Warriors, played by Kieran Segos. I hope I'm pronouncing his name right, but he is like a hero, a legend to me because I saw that and I was like, oh my God, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I have to say the same thing. Like that was my first Black character scene. The the way like his character was portrayed, like he has so much sauce, like you could just tell the director like was talking to Roland, just like, yeah, just say motherfucker and <laughs> just do what you do. And like Roland was like, all right, man, fuck you, yeah. motherfucker. Like, <laughs> right. Like my favorite quote from all the movies is let's go kick the motherfuckers ass all over Dreamland. I loved it. Right. Like, <laughs> right. He, he, he like really, yes, that was that was my first two. So he just really did us good, but I was watching this um documentary and he had said like nightmare four that when they did the screening or whatever and all his friends and family came out he told all his friends and family don't go get no snacks or nothing to sit down because mm. i die the first 15 minutes so you watch that and then you go get those snacks and when i saw four i was so sad because he died he, he literally died 15 minutes like Y'all couldn't let this nigga survive. Not only that, he died of a heart attack and then they killed off another black character, a black girl. She had an asthma attack at school. Like, so y'all had to double that? Right. That, that, but that, yeah, that actually, you know, layers into our point. Like, I feel like, you know, at a certain point, Hollywood just wanted to make sure that we knew that, like, yeah, you, you're going to die. Like, this, this is your you're not going to get away. This right. is your place. Because because I feel like they did the same thing with Jada. Like they let Jada yep. live in in the Tales from the Crib movie. Like they let her live there and then scream too. Like oh no, <laughs> like no, you thought we forgot about you? Yep, her and Omar oh, Epps. They hurt <laughs> off. You thought we forgot about y'all? <laughs> Ten minutes, but you know what, Demon Knight. I really appreciated Demon, Demon Knight. Knight that's because, what it was. Yes, um, Demon Knight came out because Demon Knight was sexy. Like Demon Knight came out at a time where Tales from the Crypt like series was like popping. Like popping. I remember, I remember waiting to see the Crypt Keeper. And like watching those episodes and like being visibly shook and then seeing that they're coming out with the movie and Jada's in it. And like, yeah, it was so it was I, I feel like a lot of people, if they don't know, like I feel like that movie was a bigger deal than they illustrated to be now. Correct. Shouts out to uh Boys and Girls Club. I don't know if you even remember Wesley. We used to go to Boys and Girls Club um mm, in the yeah. summer. But yeah. they used to show horror movies like that. I got into horror movies real deep because the dude would play horror movies every Wednesday. And I saw Candyman there. I saw Demon Knight there, all that. So it was great to see not only see a black character win, but a black woman, a black yeah. woman take this whole nigga. I, I mean, this vampire that's thousands of years old gets played by a black woman with blonde short hair like i loved it and now knowing the backstory of how the director had purposely chosen her to mm. be the hero because they wanted a white chick and he fought for jada of like, course he fought for her tooth and nail got her and she won like and it was she was badass so to see that and then go into screen two and see that yeah yeah it was like oh like like i said like they had to show you like no nah, this is not that's how that's how it feels and you know from yeah. where we're standing like being being by people who love these movies like you there's only one way to feel about that like i believe i feel like there's only one way to feel about that because like it was so visible like it was like oh yeah we're gonna stab you in your stomach and leave you crying in front of the entire theater <laughs> it's right. like what like 
you gonna fall like, out in front of every fucking body like embarrassed yeah, in broad daylight like, right. like like come on and everybody's gonna think it's a joke and a prank it was just really embarrassing and it was proof and just, so many times over right. and like, like yeah so and not care for that but you know but I mean, speaking of scream too they kind of redeemed themselves in the sense of having Dwayne Martin be in there <laughs> and right. being like being the epitome of fuck this shit. <laughs> like if fuck this shit was a person, Dwayne Martin it would be the way Martin character because he really didn't give a shit about none of that. He really was like I'm out. Like uh, Gail, <laughs> Gail, I don't know what the fuck you talking about. What but, you thinking? But, uh, but I don't know. I I ain't Randy. <laughs> right. <laughs> Like, like yeah, but he, he like I'd say that that was kind of a little bit of redemption in that sense, but not really because I felt that when I was a kid, like I felt that, like right. back then when we were watching it back then, like I felt like oh yeah, they had to get her, like she they they, they had to take her out because they had to she take got her this out. strong feminine movie over here. Nah, we got like whatever. Going back dog. to what I said, like that the Demon Knight movie was popping back then, it like was. that was. I remember how huge that was. So, yeah, we, we'll we give a nod to those two, Dwayne and Jada. Jada of course. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. Like, and Kincaid, going back to Kincaid, like, bro, like, it kind of threw me off, bro, because, like you said, I, I was a little bit more younger and impressionable than you were back then. So, like, just seeing that, it was so weird to me, like the dog peeing fire. And then, like, right. I'm like, bro, like, what <laughs> like so y'all just had to get him like and it was just I, so bizarre it hurt because i thought he was gonna make it through that and like right i was like go go ahead fuck it go not only did dies, they have to kill like, uh, they killed him they made him the messenger right like like no nah, you don't lose Freddy's back. Like, right man. what <laughs> But okay, looking at well, it from a capitalist perspective, I can get why they I had get to it, but uh, nah, it goes back to what I was saying. Like, it's so much stuff that they don't realize was so so sick and like subconsciously like triggering to us. Like, they had no clue. It it, it, it seems nah. like they had no clue, but it happened so many times that it's like they gotta know. Right, it's a thing. It's a trope. Like, yeah. you have to know. It's a it's a formula now. But um. Yeah. The next character I would like to bring up that I remember because I love this movie, um, Brandy. For I know what you uh, did last summer. Yeah, yeah, of Brandy, course. Brandy and also, also bringing that, up, also bringing that up. Like I, as many, I'm not sure how many of you guys know Cuzos, but Brandy was popping as well at this yep. point in time. Brandy yep. was like cute. Brandy had her own Barbie doll. Everything like. Brandy was popping at this moment. So when this movie came out, because I know what you did last summer, but a lot of people don't like it. I've I've seen, but it's still a classic. You can't discount it. The height of the 90s teen horror era and fucking Jennifer Love Hewitt in her prime and Sarah Michelle Geller and Freddie Prince and all of them. Like it was it was it was perfect for the time. And then the sequel came out. And Brandy was in it, and we was just geek. I remember being geek, like, oh, we gotta see. And that was crazy, but it was like we gotta see Brandy get killed. Bro. Like we got to. Right. That's what I was expecting. I was like, oh, okay, Brandy go get the hood, yay. <laughs> right. I thought she was gonna get murked off, but it was very. But you know what's interesting? Like this, the studio actually had it set for her to be killed. And like they did their research, they thought about it, and it was just like, no, if like, we kill Brandy, like they're gonna be people like boycotting outside our window and shit because we killed like Brandy. And like I said, guys, like Brandy was popping. Brandy was like America's black black America's sweetheart at the time. Like, yep. you know, this is the nineties, and like she was really her image meant more to you know her fans as far as her staying alive so that like that was an interesting tidbit about that like the fact that like the brandy fans like kept that kept her from being killed in that movie because i'm telling you we would have rioted i was a brandy fan back <laughs> then. we would have 
we would have rioted it everywhere, bro. If she would have died, um, I just thought about it. You know who else is a survivor? Loretta Divide. You remember? The oh, d- uh, yes, Legends my movie? mom. Yeah, <laughs> Urban Legend, my ass. <laughs> yep. That's what, and then she made the whole movie low key. She did. I, was, like, I did like it. I did like it when I first saw I it. I couldn't and stand then, it, but I love Loretta Divine and her character and the fact that she got to live. And you know, just a little side note: Loretta Divine got to live and be a hero, and then years later became a villain in Spell. And I love both. Like oh, yeah. I can't stand Spell. <laughs> Spell was trash, but she <laughs> saved that shit. Like. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, she said I geez, just like she did Urban Legend because yep. Jesus, I did. <laughs> I did not like but either Urban one. Urban Legend, my ass. <laughs> so shouts out to Loretta Divine. Um, who else? LL well, Cool J. Thing, I was just about to say, like, with her being like the security guard, like another security guard, <laughs> like LL. LL gave us a twofer, and then like he yep. did it. He did it. He did it the G way. He came back the next year. Like, all right, deepest blue is. I'm still alive, bitch. I'm. I'm <laughs> all these scientists and I still. I stay alive. <laughs> right. LL Cool J did two. Movies, two separate movies where he survived the Halloween movie. Yeah, yeah, we got to give LL. LL did He got back to back championships. Like he just that nigga a goat for a reason. Okay, and he was like, he was like, he was. Of course, he was the box office draw. Like, it really looking at it, like he was a box office draw on H two O too. Like, yep. Like we went to go see H two. Of course, like us, like a horror Zenifies, like we was we was like ready to go see the new Halloween movie off the dribble. But like knowing LL was in it and like I know that brought that had to put butts in seats there. And then like to see that he actually survived, he got shot in the head. Right. And still like and still living. Like, what is up with her uh with Halloween and having black rappers and then having them survive because LL survived and Buster survived. Buster survived. I feel like Buster survived in the same sense is like since we're talking about rappers, like some people might not consider like Anaconda a horror film, but like when Q took the role for Anaconda, like he said he only took it because well not he only took it, but he took the role because of J Lo and because the black man lives. <laughs> like, right. so, so I feel like I feel like by the time we get to by the time we get to uh Halloween resurrection and busted it and like Buster's like, all right, well, I know y'all gonna kill Tyra, so <laughs> I feel like what? I feel like they had a I, I feel like we had a better a lot stronger foothold in Hollywood as far as demanding certain things like that by mm-hmm. the time we got to LL because right. we had the we had the Kincaids that had to die and who pretty much made their name from com- coming from these movies like coming from Nightmare like I don't really remember seeing like you know Roland Kincaid is like the actor I, and let me get his name I'm sorry I don't want to butcher his name either Ken. <laughs> but kid right so as far as like him surviving that I, I would assume that made his career. And like you have the LLs of the world, you have Ice Cube, the Ice Cubes, the the Busters. Even if you go back to like Rodiga is in 13 Ghosts. Yep. I, I fucking love Rodiga. I love Rodiga in 13 Ghosts. She yeah. she fucking did it. And like I loved her because she was that was like her time where she was bouncing from rapping acting and rap, you know, like yep. and I did, I liked her music when we were growing up and everything. Yep, but like same. just to see her like go in there and rock that role, like and make that movie a classic. Because honestly, like in my opinion, the movie kind of sucked. Like the 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 fucking concept is fucking. The concept was dope, but the, the, the concept is like actually the movie kind of was. Mm. Yeah, the execution and the completion, and Matthew and and Matthew uh, Lillard did give. He did give us. He he did give what it was supposed. To, he gave what he was supposed to give, as right. my girl would say. <laughs> but like, I like as he always does. But like, 
that movie was kind of terrible, if you ask no, me. It really and was. She made it, and she made it palatable. Her and she Matthew made it, made it palatable. Palatable. Like, yeah, they made the, it. And the actual like store, and the actual like because I saw the, uh, I think it was a tweet or somebody posted it where they was just like do uh, a Netflix like series. Oh yeah, a backstory of the backstories of all, the of all yep. thirteen ghosts. Like. Yep. I would fucking watch every. I would last watch every episode, every episode every because they were so. It would be geek the fuck up. Completely, like it, was, it was so intricate already. Like they didn't right. even it out, and it was already so like interesting. Like each individual story, and it was just like, like they they dropped, they fumbled the bag on that one. But Ma- but Maggie Best, like Rodriguez's character in that, made that movie. And that may be just me talking, like, but she she's up there as far as black characters. No, she up there. She up there. She is in the upper echelon of black characters that live. Like, real real talk. If there was a movie that needs to be remade, Hollywood. That one. That's that the one. one. Oh my God. Right yes. there. Please and bring back but Matthew. Literally. And you can and you can add, thank you and you can literally fucking like. You could literally. I, I wouldn't even care if you spoon fed us that, like, like a uh, thirty minute episode here, of once a week. Like, I would watch. I would. I would watch. I've been watching be that shit. No, every episode, boom, 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 boom. While it's on whoever my mind, whoever got the rights? Yeah, whoever got the rights? If y'all hear this, do room, it. Fix it. Do it. Fix it. <laughs> what Mark used to say, do fix it. <laughs> right now, um, I just thought about it, um. Remember the Predator movie? Sanaya Lathan. Sanaya Lathan. Live. Yeah. And she was and, a badass. And I love how they still like how they still like uh like carried on the like the strong female like protagonist character that comes from like just the alien films. Like coming from Sigourney Weaver go hard as fuck right. for like two decades and shit on alien and like and like having Sanai Lathan like this black woman beautiful black woman like just Sanai Lathan was already goaded before like she did those movies in, in my it did that movie in my you know sense but like you know her being able to do that and carry that that was I like I like the image I love the imagery of it like yeah and it was good like it was it was good. good like it was a good movie and it and she instantly easily translated from just drama comedy movies to this horror movie not only that she teamed up with Predator dog like she and right they yeah, this is hard like. <laughs> Not only, not only is we gonna fight with me, you gonna be one of us, nigga. Like, right, right, nigga. We cousins, nigga. <laughs> like, bro, I was so stoked by just seeing that her and I don't necessarily care for Tay Diggs, but he survived House on Hunter Hill. House on the Hunter Hill, yeah, but I got, yeah, yeah, yeah. He qualifies because I, mean, I, I wanted him to die, but I mean, you know, it's I really wanted him murked off, but <laughs> I hey. wanted him to die, but hey, you know, yeah, you know, make it yeah. out of a pool the size of blood, the size of a Buick, you know. <laughs> and, nah, but. Right. And going back to somebody who like we talked about Jordan Peele. Jordan Peele really, I hope that his whole legacy is the fact that he is single-handedly killing that trope. Like, yeah. and it was already on its way out. And, yeah, that's the thing. Like, it was already dying, but, like, he, like, like I love, yeah. You did right it out that. the window. He's, like, it's, he's jeeting that shit out the fucking window. Like, it's he's, done. like, okay, no, nigga. Like, not only are we killing that, but we finna show y'all what we scared of, okay? Right. <laughs> like, we finna show y'all, and that was a good, great, like, segue into, like, the next person who I feel like is, for one, phenomenal fucking actor like phenomenal i love this dude and his talent daniel kalua and get out yeah like the just the act this it was fucking superb like her it was it was like for real because he really like being chris there and like just the like the scene where at like towards the end when He's like, all right, well, he knows what the fuck going on somewhat, and he knows some shit about to go down, and he like grabbing his bag, and he's like, baby, we gotta go. 
the the scene where she has he's looking for the keys and she has the keys and she's like you know yeah. I can't give you those and his face like his face his whole fucking his whole body, face like, and body his whole body shame. like just oh. <laughs> like, like a magnificent performance and that's why I feel like th- with the depth of that trope we're leaning into now uh, showing the world like what we what we're really afraid like what we're afraid of like get out was like I had a conversation with my girl the other day like I, you can call me what you want I'm sorry but uh, my biggest fear one of my biggest fears is just being in a room complete in a room completely filled with white people white people the only black man yep. there like yeah that is a legitimately a fear of mine like i get antsy if like too many white people are on the escalator with me like, i do not I like it i don't <laughs> like it i'm sorry i've come from the south i've, I've seen things i've done i've been to sundown towns i've been yep. I've, I've experienced that shit so it's just like not being like in a and i come from atlanta like Bro, I don't remember seeing white people until I went to kindergarten. <laughs> like, right. dead ass. Like, right. I, I'm not a single white person in life. I probably have, but the, my memory, as far as my memory goes back, the first it's, white it's, person I saw was my kindergarten, kindergarten. teacher, Miss Thomas. Yep. Shout yep. out to Miss Thomas and her long ass nose. But now I remember, <laughs> like, yes. that being my experience. So, like, Jordan leaning in and doing it so well. Just leaning right. into our stories and our fears, like all the metaphors. And I mean, my mom, she refused to watch Get Out for a long time. And we had watched it like a few months ago. She still didn't get it, but she went and watched it again last weekend. And I came in there and I was talking to her and she was just like, I don't know what they talking about, this sunken place. So I had to explain to her what the sunken place was if he got it. <laughs> Like, and a lot of people do not understand what the sunken place is. And it's like, if you're not black or a person of color, you will never understand the sunken place. Yeah, those are certain things, right? You you can't, like, I I can understand, like, empathizing, but, like, yeah, like, uh, that's that's what I'm saying. Like, putting our experience, like, that's... As many people as you say that don't know, like it was as I would say, as many people who, as soon as they saw that shit, they knew what the fuck. They what knew the what was going on, and you know what they knew what that meant. I looked around, like, because the theater still had light. I looked around, and the only white people that really like got it the first thing was white women, and I understand why. Because they be in yeah. the second place too. Be, they be there, right. They be oppressed too. Like they be oppressed just... like a mug. And so white guys were just like, Mm-mm-mm. and they didn't get it until later on, but they got it automatically. So I was mm-hmm. like, yeah, like this is really if you're a minority of any sort out here in the world. Like to some of us, that's a that's like like that's scary as fuck. Like as as a motherfucker, that's like that will shake you to your core. Just knowing that you so far from you so far from what your culture represents that right, you might as well just be in a void somewhere. Like that's how that shit is. Like, and it's it's like you said, like I said, like it's amazing how many people didn't understand it, but how many people instantly knew and right. how many of us go through experiences where we struggle with that, that blackness and that, that, that the cognitive dissonance of like being here, like understanding that you're never going to be fully a part of this country, but you are literally fully a part of this part country. of this country period like in the fabric of what America is, but America will never accept you holistically. Like, like you're an don't... American, but you don't feel like you fit in America. It's a really weird space to be in. And like you said, like it, like people of color, but really us, like black people, like we really have that people. because it's because of the cognitive dissonance. It's like we come up in a country that we've basically had to develop our culture around the white culture that was brought to us that was basically beaten into us and 
to feel like have that it's it's like a dope it's like two layers it's like not understanding where you originally come from what tribe you're from that's why i love alex haley so much like that man did the footwork of like finding his tribe and finding out where he was from like i know 23 and me shit and shout out and no not down on anyone who does you know 23 and me or anything like that but like he really found out where he was from and like us not knowing that but also not being able to fully ingratiate and accept and even if you do ingratiate yourself completely into american culture it's like you're 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 understanding that you're ingratiating yourself into something that is totally not you something that is totally not what your spirit is like is connected to and there's that limbo that you're in and get out was like a perfect symbol of that limbo like you cannot unless you're really fully like the message to a lot of people who didn't understand it like unless you really fully submerge yourself into americana so to speak like you really like aren't going to be a part and there's no way around it i mean unfortunately you know he had to show that through the lens of like a a, a interracial relationship which i don't have problems with interracial relationships but they're the biggest i feel like one of the biggest triggers of that cognitive dissonance and showing like as I, i myself personally i don't like I have a girlfriend, but even before I met her, like I would, I would, I honestly couldn't take white women seriously because I felt like they wouldn't understand that part of my life. Right. They wouldn't understand that struggle, so to speak. So, and that's that's totally up to whoever, whomever, however you want to live your life. Who you love is who you love. I I want you know people to know that but i just me personally in my life and my how i carry myself that i'm 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 really about being a black man in this country making myself you know making myself something and i don't feel like you can do that and like actually go through the struggle in this country go through that struggle of making yourself something i am the opposite um, yeah. as a and that's because we have different um experiences yes and different experiences in society different societal experiences um i as a black woman i have so much of this power and yes i would love to have a black man um to understand me to love me to care for me but the problem that a lot of black women are running into is they want us to be submissive, but then be dominant. And we can't do yeah. that. Like, I want to operate in my feminine energy. I already operate in my masculine energy far too much in the real world. I am a control freak. I do what I have to do and to take care of what I need to take care of. So in a relationship, I don't want to do that. I want to be feminine and pretty. I want to show up and, and all that. So I get what you're saying, Wesley. Uh, and trust me black women feel the same way but right now we're like look we go where where we're going to be accepted because and that's you can teach all that like right that's completely fair like because i i really i really don't have that experience i haven't walked uh you know a day in a black woman's shoes but you know, I've, you know, like I've been raised around strong, like strong black strong women, like black women. my yeah. entire life. You know, I I can't, I don't know what a weak woman. You know, I I wouldn't put a label on someone and label them weak, but I know for a fact, like the women that I was around were not that. <laughs> and understanding, like, it's messed up because you know a lot of you guys, like a lot of the black women that. I talk to especially about relationships and especially about that struggle and understanding like where we are in the world and discussing those fears and discussing that like a lot of guys I would say a lot of black men in my age group as well as older as well as some younger too but I've seen a lot of the younger guys really um, gravitate more to being emotionally healthy Um, it's, it's really like just that that I would say that pivot 
like we're right. our I feel like our generation is that pivot to where oh okay no we're going to focus on being healthy human beings and unfortunately I feel like a lot of black women have that have that leg up on us like y'all always right. looking to be better y'all always yep. looking for how to improve and we unfortunately the bar has been so low for us some of us are going to come around and some of us are just going to still soak and feel like the world belongs to them um you know and shout out to um fd signifier um he's a youtube essayist like i watch sometimes he is fucking brilliant um but he he basically he summed it up like you know like a lot of us in my generation are pretty much like i i don't wanted to say it like wanted to be grim but pretty much just gonna have to die out because yeah there's no that life you know like the once upon a time like being a black man in america like anything you did was instantly cool. Like white people didn't try. There wasn't no like. It, there was a legit separation in white and black culture, and right. whatever the black guy did in the room was the cool thing. So, and now that the world has gravitated away from that, the world had, doesn't give us the keys to cool. Now those guys are like struggling to figure They're out. They're lost. Yeah. Where where do I fit in? And it's hard to go from a place of dominance to a place of basically, you know, nothingness. just nothingness. Like, and that's and that's what that's what makes it hard for a lot of them. But I I understand that you know like the world the world is ever changing. Like like people have a lot. It, you help me out with that a lot. Like the change in the world that we've been able to see as far as people being able to live their truth, people being able to, to actually break free from status quo and go for what makes them happy. Like, it, like actually work on being well instead of work on just being paid or just being liked or just being, you know, uh, famous or whatever they want. Like, I, I feel like that's, that's, that's getting better by the day especially with a lot of the younger guys that I speak to, like, you know, like anybody I talk to who, you know, who's younger than me, like, like they instantly like pick up energy from me and they just like always ask me questions. And like, I, sometimes I get annoyed, but like a lot of times, like I look and I'm just like, wow, like, damn, bro. Like if I was 20 and, you know, had someone who I looked up to or I respected that was talking to me like this, like, man like what what would life been you know but like i said we're that pivot and based on my experience of course we within that generation like i just don't feel like like a white woman would be conducive to what i want out of life and like and i really kind of feel like jordan played on that in the movie like like that was like that was really it like just the underlying message because even going to like to be in the sunken place you don't have to have a white woman but just the the expression of it like just the like all right like it the optics you know like that's the easiest way like you're looking at right right now 2022 like look at the news Kanye West going crazy fucking around overkill and that and, whole situation is so triggering. I'm, I apologize to anybody listening that gets yeah. triggered by us even mentioning that, but it is so triggering to me. I can't even watch or read like TikToks or read articles about it because it reminds me so much of abusive people that I had to deal with or that I was right. involved with just watching that bizarro thing. But going back to um, Jordan Peele, he had two experiences in his life that would shape that's pretty much um based on though that that relationship his mom hmm. and his dad i mean he's biracial yeah his, his mom is white and not only that he has a white wife so in a way he's playing just, out things that he grew up in yes. and then things that he's married to and he's seen so i i love the fact that he had these different little metaphors like Rose being upstairs looking for her next victim and she has the fruit loops in the bowl and she has the milk that she's sipping on like 
she keeps everything separate. Yeah. Like I, yeah. I just oh yeah, shit, shit like that that you're just like yeah. oh oh I got it. And um, not only that, like her victims weren't just black men; they were black women as well. So she didn't discriminate, right? <laughs> At all, right? But the fact of the matter is, like that showed me that really got me to look at him in a different light because when when he when he first came out talking about this movie I was just like I know this this funny ass nigga it's not but you know what comedy and horror are very relatable very <laughs> relatable say, so comedians so, have some very sick minds bro <laughs> very sick depraved ass minds so I was like okay well this could go one of two ways it can completely flop or he it can pop the charts and look at it Pop the motherfucking charts, nigga. Got I mean, I I knew that was happening. Like, and his stuff is good. Don't get me wrong. It's just we didn't see that out of him. But watching mm-hmm. that movie told me automatically. Oh, okay, he in the horror tropes. He is a horror fan because yes. he had everything laid completely out. Like a horror person, a horror fan would just instantly get. So I got it, and I was just like, okay, I'm riding with him. To the wheels fall off. I can't wait that's to know. The, that's the beauty of it. Like he could, like he he plays on those horror tropes, but he also like he he plays on the the fear. He's bringing our fears and formatting to them to mm-hmm. to life. Like they are really showing like us. But it's not like you know. Oh, we're going to not like fucking you know Alien vs Predator. Where oh, we're going to Antarctica, like or we're going to the no. cabin in the woods. Like no, no. niggas. Like nah, bro was dating this white girl, <laughs> and some crazy shit happened. Or like us, us was kind of astronomical. I really couldn't like. Uh, I, I I it was out there for me. But like stories like us, like yeah, like there were people like people underground who like like this shit can really happen. Like or uh going into like the new film, um, note like how sort of set up, like was seeing the preview and like it was set up to be like, okay, well just it, it, the the fucking title is is like an ode to the tropes, <laughs> like like right. note. No, no, and no, a lot no. of people are saying I'm I'm in Reddit, so I'm read all these theories. Uh, a lot of people think that Note is an acronym that stands for Not of This Planet, which makes I was about sense. To say, it's aliens. It's aliens. That's what I'm not feel. of planet Earth. I, I get it. It makes it makes a lot of sense. Um, going back to Earth, uh, us, a lot of people didn't get us. I got us from Jump. Um, it just talks about the social economical situations yeah the 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 folks in the tunnels represents the poor the poor and we literally do (laughs) us right it it represents the poor folks and we're just sitting down there and we're doing bastardized versions of shit that rich people do period Mm -hmm. so that the people up up and ground they're rich they they are privileged they get to live the life blah 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 and it's basically like, what if one day the 99% decides to rise up on the 1% mm-hmm. and, 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 tr- and droves? Even like the subtle like thing where with the voices, like with the people right. and their voices, like it's just like the symbolism of like how wretched and how like the voices of us, like our voices are distorted so much based upon how we're viewed. Like oh, we, like you can't, you can barely understand what we're saying. We can barely get a a voice. Out. We can barely get our words out. Like even if we do, like you might not understand it. And it's like, like that small subtle. I I caught that. Like, yeah. The small subtle like thing where it just shows, like it's really us. Like I I didn't get it initially because I like I didn't like it at first. But like I did get the the underlying message in it. It was just like different. It was different to me because I, I don't it know. Was. I couldn't get with it. But I got the message though. So. 
like I I understood it and I loved it and I was just like okay so he's moving from racial things to social economical things so I wonder what Nope is going to be about because I mean it could be a, a good mix of both um I'm just it's it's aliens uh, why well, we yeah, know it's, it's aliens but it's what aliens. is the underlying message that he's gonna talk about because right now he got racial he got social economical what else can he talk about in his movies to show what he's trying to convey to the public. But what I will say is um, Bloody Disgusting and any other horror groups like that, you guys need to do better moderating and admitting with having these people say reckless shit out the side of their mouth about horror movies. Because I just, like I said, I just find it very funny that our movies are woke, black horror movies are woke, but you can love night, you know, Night of the Living Dead. You can love all the George Romero movies. No, the, the thing about it is that it's not like those people, those people are so irritating, not really because of how like they're just letting the white supremacy just show like without regard, but like those people are annoying because you look at the movies, like you say, you look at the movies that are actually really woke. It's the same thing with like comic book fans. Like when right. they complain about like X-Men or something being woke, like, yo, like, are you, if you really like pay attention, which unfortunately it's not even a, pay, a, a point of them paying attention. It's a point of them wanting to, wanting to see it that way. Because the white supremacy, like, does not allow them to do so. Like, they just have their viewpoint, and their viewpoint is what they're stuck on. So they don't see the intricacies of everything else. They're too busy being frustrated that it's not the same status quo. That's why they can overlook A Night of the Living Dead. They can overlook other movies that are, like, symbolically woke. And really, because we have the experience that we have, we're able to see it and it clicks just like in Get Out when we saw the sunken place. We knew exactly what the fuck he meant when he was talking about the sunken place. But the people who don't have that experience, that shit just just that shit just flies over their head and it flies over their head and they see it as they see it more as a, a commentary they see it just as the commentary. They don't see see like the actual genius in it. They just see someone complaining about the status quo that they love and, and they can't it. handle it. And that's it. They're so steeped in their white privilege that they'll sit around and spew things that are incorrect. And they know it's wrong. They know it's wrong. Like, <laughs> I'm white, so... No, but you. Uh, and that's how it's going. Their whole and that's life just how it is. Much. And it's just, honey, we mentioned George Romero. We're about to hit the hour mark, so we're gonna start wrapping this up because we got off a little topic, but we're gonna get back on the last person that we're gonna talk about is that nigga Vin Rames. He survived, <laughs> but then they, but then they put him in a situation where like it was like it was fucked afterwards. I mean, it was just like, like a Bolivian army ending to where they get on the damn boat. We thinking, hey, yay, yay, yay. they get to the island and here come the, the zombies, and the food is <laughs> fucked up, and it's like, it's damn. like okay, well, damn. Well, damn. All right, we, we went. I think that was that was more so steep than like, I guess like the early two thousands. A lot of those movies, like a lot of the movies, was hopeless. Like around yeah, that time. A, a, a lot of those movies had Bolivian army endings. Were just you just got the characters running into some shit, and it's doom. It's but then they cut it. Doom. And then and they then, cut it. All right. Well, bye. Right. <laughs> okay. Bye. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah, but he did, he did, he did hold his own. I give him that. He does, does deserve to be an inductee. I mean, he lived, so we could, yeah, put him in the um black characters that didn't die first, that got to survive, um, category Hall of Fame. <laughs> <laughs> the whole, he's in the hall. He's in the hall. Yeah. 
Well, I hope that you guys loved our um, podcast and loved our conversation. I hope you guys keep the conversation. We just wanted to um, go ahead, promote some segments that we're going to start oh, yes. uh, at the beginning of March. Wesley, what's your segment? I'll go ahead and begin today with my segment is called With Your Stupid Ass because in all of these movies, thousands of horror movies, we've watched somebody do some shit that, I mean, like, like it, it was just dumb, just ridiculous. And all, a lot of those characters were Black characters and did things that was uncharacteristic to us. So I want to point out the guys who, the, the, the few moments in horror history where we're looking at our Black heroes and they actually make a decision that we would make. And I did want to start off with, in 20, 2021's Candyman, Brianna Cartwright, who is who was the antag was the main protagonist in the movie, um, who's basically Candyman's girlfriend, uh, Tia, played by Tiana Paris. She did a great job in this movie. Wonderful. Shout out to shout out to Nia DeCosta once again yes. for for knocking this shit out the park. A lot of people didn't like that movie. I fucking loved it. I loved but, it. But the the scene where she goes into the laundromat, spoilers, of course, but the scene where she goes into the laundromat, she goes into the back room. She's looking for a boyfriend who's been kidnapped by Coleman Domingo in the movie. And she looks at the staircase. And the first thing she does, she looks down and she says, nope. <laughs> It was like pure. I was in the fucking theater going crazy because, like, no, how many horror movies we watched where oh, there's a dark stairway. Oh, there's a uh, there's the basement door. It's open and it's dark and you can't see anything in it but darkness. Let's walk down there. No, right. Brianna said no <laughs> immediately, and I I I stood up and clapped in the fucking theater. So shout out <laughs> to Tiana Paris. Who played Rihanna Cartwright in the Candyman movie? Uh, we definitely, definitely shout out to her. Also, a character who survived a horror movie. Yep. Um, she's an inductee as well. Shouting out her. But going forward, I will be going over uh, a lot of instances and scenes in movies where people just frustrate the hell out of me. And I'm pretty sure they frustrated y'all too. But we're going to talk about it. So that'll be my segment. With your stupid ass. <laughs> uh, I look forward to seeing that. You guys check it out. Um, I will be doing something called um, Macabre Corner, where I give yeah. horror movie recommendations. And since we're on the um, survivors, uh, the Black survivors of horror movies, one movie that I will give you guys to re recommend to watch is People Under the Stairs, because Fool yes. Yes. Who lived? And um, there's a movie that just came out like last year's called uh, Boy Behind the Door. And it's really people under the stairs vibes. Black boy goes in there, saves everybody. It's dope. Watch that. Um, but Fool, we knew Fool was going to live just because he yeah. acted smart. Like he knew what the fuck was going on. <laughs> and, uh, he knew what the fuck was going on so we were just like nah they gonna kill this little nigga off cause he know a lot and he doing a lot and it was just great as a child to see another child yes yes they had a lot of kid centered stuff when we was growing up but like right. we like you said we was watching and reading without without censorship we was just right we were we, we were watching a whole bunch of shit that we weren't supposed to be watching and reading a whole bunch of shit that we weren't supposed to be reading and we saw people under the stairs and we cheered for food from beginning to motherfucking end and it was just great just to see someone that looked like me that was my yes. age on the screen living he not only living, living he, <laughs> not only is he living, he is outlasting these people. He is outsmarting these people, outwitting these people. <laughs> right. And they literally got people under the stairs chained up and everything. And this little black like, boy is outsmarting these niggas. 
what they saying? Can, like round of applause. Definitely. Round of applause. Like it was just so great. So the movie that I have, the movies that I have to recommend is People Under the Stairs, and then I feel like their spiritual successor that came out last year, Boy Behind the Door. So that was great. Please check us out. Um, follow us, like us, subscribe to us. And um, we hope that you guys love the content that we're kicking out. Hopefully, um, one thing that we need to talk about is going to horror conventions. There's a horror convention that's going in LA and I don't have a problem with flying out. Like, well, let's do it. Let's do well, it. Let's do it. Y'all so, will for sure hear from us. Y'all will for sure see us. We're also working on video formats for you guys. You know, dropping off some short videos, some TikToks, different things for you guys. Get you some more content. But we definitely had a great time. Love talking shit about these movies, and love giving y'all what y'all want, man. So thank you. Uh, follow, like, subscribe. Well, that was that concludes another episode of Run Bitch Run. Check us out in March. Check out our segment. Run, run. run bitch, run. <laughs> so we love you guys. Thank you guys for the support. And we'll see you next month. Run, bitch, run.